Today on In Grace, we're in Jerusalem to bring you the ancient secrets of the Jewish temple. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the host of In Grace Radio and TV. Hi, and welcome to In Grace on this special Friday and weekend edition as we take you on an adventure. And I can't think of a better place to go than under the Temple Mount in Israel. Yes, folks, we're going to discover hidden Israel. It's part of our video series called Discover Hidden Israel 2, and it's a four-part series. The first part we're going to be playing the audio for today is called Ancient Secrets of the Jewish Temple. Now, the Temple Mount is still there. There's no temple. As a matter of fact, there is a Muslim shrine that opened the rock. There's a Muslim mosque off to the south called Al-Aqsa. But we know the Bible actually talks about a Jewish temple in the future. Both the, uh, the millennial reign of Christ, it talks about a temple in the prophecies of Ezekiel and other places. And during the tribulation, the Bible talks about a temple that the Antichrist desecrates. So as we take you on this journey below the western wall and underneath the area right outside the temple with Dr. Scott Stripling, a friend of mine, the director of the Shiloh Dig in Israel, uh, a professor, a provost of a university in Texas, uh, and a, a good friend. He's going to show us today, and you're going to hear about these amazing new rooms that they've just opened up in what's called the Western Wall Tunnels. And so, we also then will go on top of the Temple Mount, and something funny that happened, you won't be able to see it, but you'll hear it today, that uh, when Scott went up there, he went. Uh, he was wearing shorts, and that's considered immodest in Islam. And so they made him kind of put this uh, this skirt thing around. He looked kind of funny, but he's like a, a muscular macho man. So I, I'm careful not to ever make fun of such a guy. But uh, we had a lot of fun together exploring the top of the Temple Mount and him showing us the archaeological evidence for the temple and where it would have stood. So I think you're going to really, really love today's In Grace episode as we begin Discover Hidden Israel 2 with part one, the ancient secrets of the Jewish temple. And then in the next Fridays and weekends, the next three, uh, we'll be featuring the other episodes in the series. Now, you can get the series from us, Discover Hidden Israel 2, by DVD or digital download when you make a gift of any amount to In Grace. Now, your gift will make sure more people hear the glorious gospel of grace, the gospel of our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's on every episode that we make. It's on this video series. You're going to invest in grace when you give a gift of $10, $20, $30, whatever it is, so more people can hear the gospel. And I'm going to thank you with this exciting video series, Discover Hidden Israel 2. Now, some of you say, hey, God is blessed, and I want to give a little bit more than just kind of the minimum. So, if you can give $35 or more, I'm going to send you three of our popular Discover Hidden Israel series. The first one with Dr. Carl Ball, the second one with 
Dr. Scott Stripling. The third one, I show you all the seas of Israel. We actually go into the Sea of Galilee, into the Mediterranean, underwater diving in the Red Sea. And I even jump into the Dead Sea sinkholes on the Dead Sea. So you're going to want to get all three Discover Hidden Israel series for a gift of 35 or more. Now, if your gift is $100 or more, we're going to send you all of those and some other awesome videos filmed in Israel. It's called the Israel Bundle. I'd love to hear from you today. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Hi, I'm Jim Scudder, Jr., and today on InGrace, we're in Jerusalem, and we're going to bring you Discover Hidden Israel 2. This episode is all about revealing the ancient secrets of a Jewish temple. There are so many things to learn today as we're joined by my friend, archeologist, Dr. Scott Stripling. Dr. Stripling is in charge of the Shiloh excavations, the largest dig in Israel. And he's also very well versed in all of the details and the secrets of the temple and the Temple Mount. We're gonna be going underneath the city to show you some brand new rooms that very few people have ever even seen or even heard of. So this is gonna be an awesome In Grace episode. I met up with Scott at the Western Wall Plaza. I love seeing these incredibly massive stones built by Herod the Great, the stones that Jesus would have passed by. Scott and I then went up the ramp and entered into the amazing Temple Mount. But there, Scott had a problem. The Muslim authorities said he had to cover his legs, and so they gave him a skirt. Fortunately, Scott's a good sport, and I tried not to laugh too hard at him. This is the octagonal dome of the rock, built in about 685, 690, right in that ballpark. And the, the rock in the center of it is Genesis 22, where Abram binds Isaac. Where we are, Jim, is about where the parapet was that had the 24 inscriptions, Gentiles who cross this point will be responsible for their own death. 12 in Latin, 12 in Greek. Two of them have been recovered, and both of them come from the north end of the Temple Mount. Again, more proof of the yeah. Jewish existence. Exactly. But this is where if you were not an ethnic Jew in the first century, you could not cross this wall. Think of Ephesians 2, the wall of partition that has been destroyed, that separates Jew from Gentile. While we were on the Temple Mount, and since one of Scott's friends is the top architectural archeologist for the Temple Mount, Dr. Lane Rittmeyer, we decided to go look for some niches that Lane had mentioned that used to support the ancient temple buildings at the Northwest corner of the Temple Mount. We looked pretty hard, but we were not able to positively identify them. And so from there, we proceeded east to the northeast corner of the Temple Mount and then turned south to the amazing Eastern or Golden Gate. Behind us is the Golden Gate. And there's a really cool story in the New Testament about a, a beggar there. Peter and John come along and he says, give me money. Right. And they respond, silver and gold, we do not have, but what we have, we're gonna give you in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. So Peter and John weren't lying when they said silver and gold, we know I have, nobody had silver and gold. It was very, very rare. But what they did have was something that money can't buy. They had the Lord Jesus Christ. Our faith lesson today, while we're here on the Temple Mount for our friends back home is this, that 
money's a blessing from the Lord. Resources come from God, prosperity comes from God, but there's things that money can't buy. And so today, we would encourage you to do what we've done, put your trust in the Lord and put your trust in things above. So we're in the southeast corner? Yeah, so imagine the three-story administrative complex, and this is where Jesus taught. This is where Jesus overturned the table of the money changers. It's three levels, offices, banking facilities, fellowship, food court, you know, coffee bar, whatever. It's all taking place right here in the uh, Royal Stoa. And you said that uh, James, the brother of Christ, was cast off of this this corner. So this is the pinnacle of the temple um, over here on the southeast corner. Uh And it was from here that Satan tempted Jesus. Yes. And it was from here that James, preaching and re-emphasizing the prediction that the temple was going to be destroyed, the authorities pushed him off. Now, he was the leader of the Christian church, you understand, in Jerusalem. He was pushed off the corner of the temple here, broke his legs as he, down in the Kidron Valley, but he was still alive. So they went down with clubs, according to Josephus, and beat him to death. After Scott showed me all this incredible stuff on the Temple Mount, he said there was something else he needed to show me that had fallen off the southwest corner of the Temple Mount. He wanted to show me the location of a massive trumpeting stone that had been pushed off the temple by the Romans. Now, let me explain the inscription because sometimes it be a little misleading. What it actually says is, to the place of the trumpeting. So it sat in a niche on the corner, but guess what? There's plaster fragments all over it. It was plastered over. So it wasn't intended for passers-by in the first century didn't see it. It was for the stonemasons. So all the stone was cut and then delivered. And so since this was an important one, it's on the corner and it's got an inscription. So they mark it there. This is where it goes to the place of the trumpeting, which is the Southwest corner, according to Josephus. And then they plaster it over. Next, we went into the tunnels under the Arab quarter of Jerusalem and adjacent to the Temple Mount. I've been in these tunnels many times, always marveling at the ancient, massive cut stones and the tunnel system. But today, we were going to see what almost no one has ever seen, recently excavated and opened rooms that showcase the extent and importance of the temple area. One of the neat things in Israel, Scott, that we can discover is the buildings that are built over old ancient things. So right. we're actually in one of those old ancient rooms that was part of the, the city level, right? Around the time right. of Christ. And then above that has been built like this whole complex that's now the Arab quarter of the old city of Jerusalem. You have the Western Wall Plaza. We're underneath that in one of the arches. I think it's the fourth arch in Wilson's Arch. So this was a bridge yeah, that uh, led to the Temple Mount and, and what Herod expanded of where that's the temple's. Right. It brought water in. We have the lower aqueduct that's built about 100 BC and then the upper aqueduct about 80 years later. So it's bringing massive amounts of water to the Temple Mount area. We've got cisterns underneath here, one cistern that holds 10 million gallons of water. What's set on here now, the second temple, is Zerubbabel came after the Babylonian captivity right. and built it, but Herod made the platform and, and made it grand. Okay, well, the, the Hasmoneans increased the size of the Temple Mount, but then it's Herod who quadruples the size of it. And we can actually see the seams of the various uh, phases that exist in there, but he builds this grand 
glorious thing, not the one that they were whining about, you know, in the days of Zerubbabel, but this grand structure, and it's separated by a series of courts. So this was destroyed in the time of Titus in maybe 30, 40 years after Christ. And actually he said that this temple will be destroyed, not one stone left upon the other. So this was destroyed. This was uh, destroyed and and much the the other structures because we had the royal stoa mm-hmm. here and other ancillary buildings. Mm-hmm. So Jesus was showing them the buildings of the temple. Yeah, they pushed these stones off and they're still laying right. there exactly where they fell. The stones cry out, absolutely. Okay, so this would have been the location of Solomon's temple. And unfortunately that was also destroyed by yes. the Babylonians. <clears throat> We do. We might have some remnants of it, though. Uh, there are beams in the Al-Aqsa Mosque and that were taken out of the Al-Aqsa Mosque. They have been tested for dendrochronology, the study right. of tree rings. And there's no doubt that some of them date back to the time of the Second Temple. And some of them even date back to the First Temple. And huh. this has been published, of course, academically. So, you know, those types of things... I, I'm pretty certain that they came from the temple itself because the Al-Aqsa Mosque is not built until the seventh century. Yeah, and, th- and those beams, would they be cedar? And yes. would they have come from Lebanon? They're cedar and they're from Lebanon. I mean, everything in the yeah. Bible just fits exactly what you guys find. Right. So, so yeah. you know, sometimes we're dealing with scraps, but from that, we can extrapolate out right. w- with the literary descriptions that we have, and I think get a good picture of what life was like in Bible times. Yeah. You have a, a lot of history here. You are giving your life to Shiloh, the site where the tabernacle stood for hundreds of years. And then eventually the Ark of the Covenant found its way to the city of David to here, and it's missing. So Scott, that's the big question. Where is the Ark of the Covenant? <laughs> well, you know the old saying, if I told you I would have to kill you. <laughs> okay, never mind. Well, hey, let's see what they've discovered in all these subterranean now rooms and arches and things like that. Uh, What a neat place to hang out. Yeah, we're in for a treat. Okay, let's do it. Do you want to explore the rich history and fascinating mysteries of the Holy Land? From the breathtaking landscapes to the hidden gems buried beneath the surface, Discover Hidden Israel 2 will transport you to places few have ever seen. With a gift of any amount to Ingrace, Jim Scudder will send you Discover Hidden Israel 2 as his heartfelt thank you. For a gift of $35 or more, you'll also receive two additional video series, Discover Hidden Israel 1 and 3. Call 800-78-GRACE or go to ingraceradio.com. If you want to take your exploration to the next level, with a gift of $100 or more, you'll receive Ingrace's entire Israel bundle, featuring a collection of eight captivating video series filmed in Israel. To get your hands on these incredible offers, call 800-78-GRACE, go to ingraceradio.com. Or write to Ingrace at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. That's 800-78-GRACE or ingraceradio.com. Was this all existing at the time of Jesus? I think so. It was built in the 20s and 30s, so between the year 20 and the year 30. So just immediately before the ministry of Jesus. Right. And, of course, him being a builder himself. I think Jesus must have been fascinated because sure. he's, he's a, a tecton, the Bible says, which is a stone worker, I mean, a builder. So to come and see all this construction, I'm sure he was intellectually curious and, yeah. and saw these things. And his disciples are asking him. They're showing him the buildings of the temple and yep. discussing that. Yeah, and, and they were they were so impressed by the beauty of it. 
you know, and he was saying, well, yeah, that is beautiful, but right, there, and there is a destruction coming. They're fishermen. Um, he's a construction, he's the only one that we know of that was a, a builder. They're all of a different trade. So they're probably thinking he knows more about us than this. And they're asking him questions yeah. about the buildings of the temple. So they actually have piping inside the stone, yep. lead pipes, valves, uh, a very elaborate. Even the carving of these uh, quarried stones with the columns built in. It's right. Very complicated. Now I'm gonna make a prediction, if you will. We're, we may with time discover that this has part of the ritual purity significance. And either before or after, I pass through this water. Huh. So the significance of purification by water is huge in late Second Temple period Judaism. And we may find out with further research that this is part of that elaborate process. So who would have been passing through here? Was it people who controlled the temple area, what they did. We're, everybody's still trying to figure it out because it's it's so new. Right. But I'm sure that pilgrims coming through were seeing it from the outside and many of them from the mm -hmm. inside as well. So Herod obviously was involved in this or Herod's sons in, in this construction of these areas. Right, so if you're thinking the 20s to the 30s, Herod's already dead and so his son Archelaus has ruled here until about 10 CE. And so by this point now, Pontius Pilate is, you know, the, the prefect in charge of the area. But this close to the temple mount, you've got the Sadducees, the religious authorities. Like you're in a room, I can guarantee you that Caiaphas was in this room, that Annas was in this room. And so these people that you read about, Pontius Pilate was very likely. Sure. And probably everyone who condemned Jesus to death was in this room. Huh. You know, if the stones are talking, if you're listening, you're talking about real people, real places, real events. Now, 70 CE, Jesus prophesies that the, the temple's gonna be destroyed and the buildings of the temple, maybe this is even considered one of the buildings of the temple at that point. So the rebels occupy this at a certain point until the 10th legion takes it, and then they retreat up onto the temple now. So we have several ballista balls, and there's no doubt that's what they, they are, and no doubt that this is evidence of the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD. So ballista ball is uh, something that they would catapult? Yes, so these are catapulted. The Romans had war machines where they could fling these like 300 meters. I mean, they were incredibly accurate with them. So you got that thing coming at you, uh, hundreds of meters. I mean, it's gonna knock down a wall. I mean, certainly kill a man uh, when it hits him. So these are direct evidence of the fulfillment of the prophecy of Jesus, that Jerusalem was gonna be destroyed in their lifetimes. Now, we're standing right below something really cool. You know how it is in Jerusalem. Look down, look up, look around. There's always something. But this tunnel, there's a guy named... Warren. Charles Warren, and he is a tunneler. So you're talking about the 1860s, Wilson's Arch. So Wilson and Warren are here at the same time. So Warren tunnels through the courage of this guy. You know, he's not afraid of anything. He tunnels through documents. So he was the first one to see this in modern times, documents its existence and manages to get back out. And he does this all over Jerusalem and all over the Holy Land, never with an accident. And so much of what we know about the architecture of the ancient world comes from him. So this is the adjacent room, Jim. And you're going to see a swath of history here. And But when I see a wall and I think of Hezekiah, I just picture him just turning and facing the wall till all he could see was the face of God. Yeah, just awesome. We keep coming up 
you eventually get to Herod Roman right. time. So time of Christ is We're basically standing. this level. Yeah, we just, our level right now is the time of Jesus. Okay. So when you think about, say, the Muslim conquest, 636, the Battle of the Yarmouk, very quick, within a year, Jerusalem falls. And now it's in Muslim hands. The Dome of the Rock is built. The Al-Aqsa Mosque is built. And we see then, like the Umayyad here, we've then got the Mamluk up top. So even those different Islamic ages yeah. uh, are documented in the middle, the Crusaders. Amazing. And, so. and here we are today, modern steel, reopening this for people to come and see. Mm. These are treasures. And again, very few people have seen these. All right, we are now entering a mikveh one of the 37 here on and around the Temple Mount. And this very thick hydraulic plaster would have coated everything. So that plaster would have coated the bedrock too yeah. because they were trying to seal the water, right. the water in. We often use metal detectors on the wall to find coins in the plaster oh. because from those coins, we can date what we call the terminus post chem or the earliest possible date that it could have. So why would there be coins in the plaster? They dropped them accidentally, huh. and this would be to the time of Jesus. And what's significant about this one is it's still holding water. Yeah. And I mean, water is still flowing in, not exactly sure the source of the water, and it comes in it, so it should stay at the level, but the flow might increase, so it might come up a little bit higher. But the disciples, Jesus, this is all part of that culture, so you are daily going through ritual immersion. Jesus didn't have anything against that. His whole point was that you should not take it as a means of righteousness, okay? It's it, unless it reflects an, an inward repentance toward God that it's meaningless. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, water is significant in some ways, but it's insignificant in the other ways. God wants to see the heart, the purity of the heart. And what can wash away sins? Water can't, right? But the blood of Christ, the blood of the Messiah can. Yeah, it's a stark reminder to us of how God in the foot, Galatians 4, 4, in the fullness of time, he sent his son into the world. So in the midst of this highly religious culture with all of its complexities, in comes the answer. If they were unclean, that can be transmitted to other people. Yeah, you read Leviticus 11, Leviticus 15, it tells us that impurity is transferable. So there's many things that can cause someone to become, I touch a dead body or uh, different substances then I'm unclean. And until I go through purification, if I touch someone else, I can impart that uncleanliness also. And so it's a whole system of washings and cleansings that the book of Hebrews talks about. And then Jesus comes into this. Jesus thing. comes along and he reverses it, just like in entropy and the resurrection, he reverses the second law of thermodynamics. He comes along and says to them, your impurity is not going to be imputed to me. When I touch you, healing, wholeness, anointing is going to come into you. The Jewish temple is an impressive, impressive thing. But you know what? I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. Those that have received by faith Jesus, Yeshua, as the Savior, as the Messiah, they have been born again and the Bible promises that they have been indwelt by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. So have you received that by faith? Have you put your faith in Jesus? If you haven't, realize that you're a sinner. We all are. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. 
We cannot save ourselves. Many people are trying to save themselves by religion, by good works, but the Bible says we can never be good enough. All are unclean, all have gone out of the way. We are all guilty. That's why Jesus came. He came to die for the sins of the world. He came to pay for the sins that the sacrificial system could never pay for. And the invitation is offered to you to just simply do this. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you do, you will be saved for now and for all eternity. Do you want to explore the rich history and fascinating mysteries of the Holy Land? From the breathtaking landscapes to the hidden gems buried beneath the surface, Discover Hidden Israel 2 will transport you to places few have ever seen. With a gift of any amount to Ingrace, Jim Scudder will send you Discover Hidden Israel 2 as his heartfelt thank you. For a gift of $35 or more, you'll also receive two additional video series, Discover Hidden Israel 1 and 3. Call 800-78-GRACE or go to ingraceradio.com. If you want to take your exploration to the next level, with a gift of $100 or more, you'll receive Ingrace's entire Israel bundle, featuring a collection of eight captivating video series filmed in Israel. To get your hands on these incredible offers, call 800-78-GRACE, go to ingraceradio.com, or write to Ingrace at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. That's 800-78-GRACE, or ingraceradio.com. Thank you for joining us on In Grace Radio with Jim Scudder, Jr. In Grace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in next week as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio.